ride with me in my foul life. Foul Life Nation, what's up? Back another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends and family at Hunter Nation. Get involved, become a member. Visit them at HunterNation.org. Ted Nugent was just named the national spokesperson of Hunter Nation. I love listening to Uncle Ted talk, and I've learned a lot about the man in the last two weeks that he's very studied. He has a reason for the things he says, and he has been sticking up for our rights as hunters and shooters for so long. We know him as the Motor City Madman, a rock and roll genius, a guitar god, cat scratch scratch fever, the lead singer of the damn Yankees. I mean, he's Uncle Ted, he's a rock star, but he is an archer. He is a hunter. He's a conservationist. And that's the reason he's been named national spokesperson for Hunter Nation at HunterNation.org. He's on CNBC, CNN, Fox News. Hannity. He just had an unbelievable episode on Jason. Um, our guest is going to have to remind me today, but he just was on uh, a big sports announcer. Jason Keith, can you remind me his name? Do you know his name? Whitlock. Jason, Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock show. I always want to say Jason Carrier, but that is wrong. Jason Whitlock. And Jason was talking what hunting means to the fabric of our communities, to the fabric of our country, and what he's learned about being a hunter. And Uncle Ted went on his show and talked about everything hunting, and it just keeps snowballing from there. But the reason I'm telling you about Uncle Ted Nugent is because the man on the uh, the other end of the line today, our guest on the Foul Life podcast, is Keith Mark. He's the founder of Hunter Nation. He had a reason for putting Ted Nugent in that spot, but today I want to hear the origins of Hunter Nation and how it came about, because here's the deal. We don't vote as hunters. And that is the entire backbone of why Hunter Nation was derived, why our guest Keith Mark today came up with this fabulous idea of getting hunters registered to vote and then going and voting for our leadership in this world. It is very important. And we're going to learn why today. Keith Mark, founder of Hunter Nation. Welcome, my man. Hey, thanks, Chad. What an honor. I mean, you have a tremendous podcast and a great following, and you're such a great advocate for this lifestyle. So I I commend you and salute you and thank you for having me on today. Well, it goes both ways. The sentiments are the same and equal. But what I'm talking, and I apologize for messing up Mr. Whitlock's last name, but when I watched that interview, I was happy. I was so like, man, this is what we need. And it should be this easy, or maybe it wasn't easy for Jason Whitlock to get there, but he got there. He learned yeah. from a friend of why they hunted and how they ate this meat and the sustainability and the substance that these high-protein meals provide, knowing where your food comes from, becoming mm-hmm. one with nature, conservation, habitat, compassion for the animal, respect for the resource. He gets it. And you know what? He's an educated man. That guy's good at what he does. Why... Is it so hard to get that point across in some instances? Why do we why do we battle with that so much when it's so easy for a lot of us to get? You know, I asked the same thing, uh, Chad. How did we get here? Because you think about it, the native habitants to this continent, they were the best hunters of all time. The uh, best and most favorite Indian in the tribe was the best hunter and best warrior. Why? Because he could defend his family and feed them. Well, when we started coming over here, when the pilgrims got off the boat, who were the baddest ass pilgrims? 
Well, they were the best shots. They put the most turkey and deer and venison, you know, in the storehouse. Um, and then as we migrated west, I mean, it was the hunters that fed the families. It, it used to be that this hunting lifestyle was passed down from generation to generation and honored and revered because it was that important. But what ended up happening is, as time rolled on, Chad, people started living in cities. They left the farms. They used to go back to the farm and hunt. But then as generations went by, they lost complete contact with their connection to the earth. They lost their complete contact with God's renewable resource of venison and other ant and uh, uh, other proteins. And they just got so e it got so easy. They just go to the store. They think their meat comes in cellophane under lit counters. You know, it's just it's crazy where we've got in this country. Um, you know, fake news is a big part of it um, because they perpetuate this myth that animals have rights. Animals have feelings. Animals were put on this planet by the good Lord as a renewable resource so we could feed our family. And then while we're in that endeavor to feed our family, it also feeds our spirit and brings us back to exactly what we are as humans, apex predators. And so, you know, I, I don't really know. Well, I guess I do kind of know how it happened. Some point in time, Chad, hunters became more interested in just taking care of their own business. They swept their own back porches and they didn't worry about their neighbor's back porch and they didn't vote. And, you know, what, what ends up happening is that policy gets enacted, laws get put in place that are anti-hunting, anti-traditional values. And, you know, I'll just tell the story. How did it happen? You know, I'd like to tell your your listeners it's because I'm ruggedly handsome and I'm the smartest guy in the room, which is never true. Um Back in 2016, I was still hosting McMillan River Adventures with WWE superstar Shawn Michaels. We were at Vegas at the SHOT Show, which, you know, you've been many times. And uh, we were signing autographs at the Remington booth with a couple of the Benghazi heroes, including your and my friend, Mark Geist, Oz. And somebody said, hey, would you like to meet Donald Trump? I said, you know, that dude from The Apprentice? Sure, I'd love to meet that guy. At that time, there were still 17 Republicans in the primary. So I went and I met him and I walked in the room and the first person I saw in the room was Donald Trump Jr., who I didn't know, but he knew the show. He goes, oh, gosh, I'd love to go on a on a moose hunt with you, which, by the way, he has gone on one with me. And we're about ready to leave here in two weeks to go uh, on another moose hunt, become great friends with him. But he introduced me to his dad and the president came up and he said something that's literally changed my life. Chad, he said, Keith, do you want to know why politicians don't come to gatherings of hunters like this and why when they're enacting laws and putting policy in place that they don't really even consider the hunting lifestyle or what's in the best interest of the American hunter? And I said, sure, I'd like to know. He said, because hunters don't vote. Now, I called BS, Chad, because, you know, at that time. I was sitting around campfires 200, 250 nights a year with American hunters of all colors, shapes, sizes, duck hunters, coyote hunters, cougar hunters, bear hunters, deer hunters. They were up on all the current events. Basically, we could solve the world problems around one night of a campfire with hunters. I just knew that they were like me and had to be go out voting those traditional values. But when we got the data, Chad, and I have it here in front of me. It, it, it was, well, it was tragic. I felt like somebody had punched me in the stomach because by and large, half of American hunters aren't voting. 
A third of those, Chad, don't even have a tag to go vote. They're not even registered to vote. And so in 2016, I worked with Donald Trump Jr. and Nugent and a lot of other folks just doing everything we could to get hunters to the polls in Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Virginia, and so on and so forth. And we did that. We did a video called Heartland for Trump, Chad, that just celebrated traditional values, including our hunting lifestyle. Waddell was in it. Nugent was in it. Geist was in it. Don Jr. was in it. Tiffany was in it. Uh, Julie Cruder was in it. Really, uh, so many people from this outdoor community that you and I are a part of, and even the president made a cameo for us, and it got a lot of airplay. And we were able to move the needle just enough in some of those critical states that then it, it, it came into my brain that if we could replicate this, Chad, if we could just somehow message these hunters that their vote does matter. And if they don't vote, our lifestyle could be legislated away in one election cycle. Um, and that's what really led to where we are now, which is Hunter Nation. I made friends with Ted Nugent because of you. You introduced me to the man, which I can't. It's sometimes it's hard to believe that you can meet your heroes, right? But that's what's so cool about this lifestyle. Since I've met Keith Mark, who I watched on TVs for years with Shawn Michaels, I've met Stone Cold, I've met Ted Nugent. Like it's yeah. nuts, right? But the bigger picture is this: we have this lifestyle of hunting, and when I mentioned it to Ted Nugent, my views of what I've been educated on that hunting is a privilege. Hunting mm. is not a right. Hunting is not written into our declaration. And he stopped me and he goes, Chad, I, I he tuned you up on that. He, he tuned me up. He goes, Chad, I love you. I love you, Chad. I love your show. I love how you give back. You know, he had a lot of compliments, but he educated me that it's not a privilege and that this is the most God given right that you possibly could have in our DNA is right. to one, defend your family and two, provide for your family. So what is the privilege about it? So I started thinking over the last 10 days, Keith Mark, of like, man, it is our responsibility to stand up for this because of all the emotional voting that is going on and all of what we term the fake news and how down people look at the, I don't really even care to call it a sport, but the culture of hunting and what hunters do in conservation efforts and habitat efforts and sustainability and farming and ranching and how all of it comes together in 360 degrees encompassing lifestyle that we you know, cherish and we hone our skill sets to become more proficient at it. So when people go to vote against it, I keep asking myself, Keith, why? Why is it so easy for you to say, don't kill that deer. Don't kill that bear. Don't chase those cougars with hounds. Outlaw coyote hunting. Don't hunt on Sundays. If you're a veteran, you can't hunt in Montana on these days. It's like crazy. And it just, it's all of this little momentum. It's almost like, you know, little cuts, right? If you can cut an arm and then cut it again and then cut it again, and pretty soon it doesn't look like an arm anymore because it's so full of bandages and band-aids. That's what this is to me. It's like, all they're doing is getting little cut after little cut after little cut. And Hunter Nation's coming in here with voices like Ted Nugent and Keith Mark and Luke and everybody in the family, Michael Waddell, Don Jr. And they're saying, we don't want to be cut anymore. When you go vote, at least be educated. And then if you're educated and you still make that decision to vote for, well, bear hunting should be outlawed in California, or you shouldn't be able to hunt on Sundays, or you shouldn't be able to archery hunt around subdivisions in Georgia. Come on, at least be educated and don't vote with such emotion. When I talk about emotional voting, Keith Mark, 
Is this a big issue for you personally? And uh, in the bigger picture, I truly feel that that's what's going on in a lot of these instances, that Hunter Nation has the ability and the platform and the voice to at least educate the antis. And maybe they don't even have to be as as high up on the totem pole as a anti would be. That's like the ultimate against hunting. Maybe you're in the middle. Because I don't think everybody that doesn't hunt is anti-hunting, if that makes sense to you. No, 100%, right? So think about this, Chad. It's a very active, well-funded, vocal minority that is behind all this anti-hunting nonsense. That's what I was trying to say, Keith. That's what I was trying to say. I'm sorry. You know, let me give you this example. In my home state of Kansas, we put on a statewide ballot. Is hunting a constitutional right? We already know it's a God-given right. And and I'm sure you heard from Ted is that all we do as man is write it down in case some other king tries to come in and tell us what we can and can't do. So in Kansas, because we fear um, what, what may come from Washington, D.C. to impact our state rights, we put it on the ballot, Chad, to find out if uh, hunting should be considered a constitutional right in Kansas. And the result came back over 85% of those voting said yes. It's the highest yes positive vote total ever in the history of Kansas that Kansas said hunting is a constitutional right. So think about this. 85% of those that went to the polls were not hunters. The 15% that voted no are the lunatic fringe that is well-funded and vocal, but yet a minority. And that shows you a perfect example of just how much in the minority they are. 85 to 15, that hunting is a constitutional right. So how do we get here? Well, because the 85% in that scenario are probably not all hunters. We know half of the hunters in Kansas don't vote, but that's the middle. That is the middle that says probably 15% of the hunters were in the poll, 15% of the uh, anti-hunters voted. What you saw, the landslide came from the middle. So it's our job, Chad, is first of all, to get hunters to actually go to the polls and vote because then it's a landslide in every election for God, family, country, Bill of Rights, Ten Commandments, you, you know, all of those controversial things that we believe is traditional American values supporting humans. Um, that's how you skew it. But education is the other thing. We're always preaching to the middle. We're always teaching to the middle. And that is, as long as they understand what's going on. And you know what, Chad? We had 16 million hunters in America in 2019. In 2020, we have 17 million hunters. What? For the first time in two decades, we had an increase in hunters. You know why? Coronavirus. Everything got shut down. For the first time, some of these people went to where they procure their meat and the shelf was empty and they panicked. They didn't know what to do. Did you panic? I know you didn't panic because I've got four trophy rooms in my house that are Two of them are upright and two of them are uh, chest trophy rooms where I go in and pull out my trophy roast that I had last night, by the way, the greatest moose roast ever with carrots and potatoes from my own garden. I didn't panic. My family didn't panic. The Chad Belding family didn't panic. And in fact, most of the hunting families across America didn't panic because we had meat. And you know what? We have the ability to procure more meat. 
So a million Americans said, you know what? I love this idea of self-sufficiency where I can go from field to table myself. And we recruited a million new hunters. I think the sky's the limit for us, Chad, because I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to look what's going on across this country. You know, our flag getting burnt in streets, our policemen getting uh, assassinated in the streets, um, our our government leaving Americans behind on foreign soil. I mean, I think the majority of Americans have said enough is enough. And all we need to do as Hunter Nation, we don't need to tell them who to vote for. In fact, as a not for profit, we can't. All we do is just shed light on the cockroaches that are doing bad and shine light on those that are doing good. And and our brother and sister hunters that believe in these traditional values, if we can just get them to the polls, we know they're going to vote for the candidates that are going to look out for our our interest, Chad. That's 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 the deal. Let's go back to what you said at the shot show, though. And Donald Trump, who became president, 45, we me myself personally thought he was amazing would consider him the best. But again, I'm not a historian. I'm probably not educated enough to say that. But in my humble opinion, he's as good as Reagan was. Now, I could be way off in in, in, in how I judge Donald Trump. I don't look at Donald Trump as what was in the news or, or what some people call him. I look at his leadership ability, his mentality, his CEO. The guy doesn't party. The guy doesn't drink. The guy doesn't do drugs. The guy is a tycoon. Yes. Did he have a head start in life? Maybe, but there's a lot of people that inherit money that don't become a billionaire over and over and over, maybe 4.5 billion to 6 billion been reported in different reports. The man is legendary in my opinion. And at the same time, his grandkids look up to him. He's got a great relationship with his sons, with his daughters. What is wrong with this guy that where now you take this emotional voting outlook and now you go and you say, well, I'm not voting for him because he's a pig. I'm not voting for really. Okay. Well, why are you voting for this new guy? I just have a, a hard time believing that people are educated my, my question to you, Keith, is if hunters aren't vote, voting for the rights that we want to stand up for, think about the people that are voting because they're literally sitting there telling us, they said, what, 80, 180 million people said that Donald Trump is not fit to run this country. And now look at where we're at eight months later. So my point is, Keith, there's, this, is a, this is momentum going both ways. We're not voting as hunters. But the people that are voting are are anti-hunting. A lot of them are in the middle, like we talked about, which I want to get into that more. But a lot of them are telling us that the people that we see fit to run the country are sexist. They're pigs. They're loot. They're they're crazy, right? Think about what I'm saying, Keith Mark. We, we're trying to go in and say, we want to save hunting. We want to live this culture. Donald Trump is all about this culture. His son, Don Jr., is all about this culture. But the people that are saying that he is not fit to lead this country, tell me, how can we not have it in our heads to go vote against those people? We have to, Keith. Oh, makes no sense to me. Let's talk about uh, uh, biblical um ideas for a second. In the Bible, it tells us, take your bow, go procure your supper, right? So we know that hunting is divine. Even if there was no Bible, you don't have to tell me that I take my bow, I go feed my family, but the Bible sanctions it. It it, it almost orders it. Okay. What does the Bible tell us how we judge a tree? 
by its branches. So let's compare the trees of the, the, the people that were in the last election. Not to be political here, let's just, let's just do an analysis and then let the folks listen and can make their own choice. Look at Donald Trump Jr., look at Eric, look at Ivanka, look at Tiffany, look at Barron, look at, look at the children of the Trump tree. Is there a bad apple in the bunch? Absolutely not. Tell me how they've been in trouble. They haven't. They've been successful. They're clean cut. They, 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 they do all the right things. All right. The guy must have done something correct. 100%. I mean, now let's look at the other tree. Huh? Has anyone seen the laptop footage? I need to say no more. It, it's readily apparent. Judge the tree by the branches. And then just look at the results, right? So what did Trump was vilified because he used this phrase. Are you ready for it? It's so controversial, I almost can't say it. America first. How dare him? Crazy. America first. You know, I'm Catholic and I go to Holy Angels in Baser, Kansas, my little farm town. And I contribute to my church. But I assure you, Chad, that my first priority when my children were little was to my family. I took care of my family. And when I shoot the moose, I take care of enough meat to feed my family. And when I have excess, I donate it. And that's called charity. And then I help those around me. I do it financially in the whole nine yards. But in my world, it's Mark family first. And then I take it beyond that. Now let's talk about my state. I'm for Kansas state rights. And now if I can have some input across state line, then I'll help those folks in Missouri and Iowa and Oklahoma and Colorado as well. Let's talk about our countries. Who's going to stand up and tell you, Chad, Afghanistan first, Puerto Rico first, the Netherlands first, Russia? No, no. We're Americans. It's America first. And people that can't grasp this, I will start a GoFundMe page. We'll rent the greatest luxury cruise ship and let's just ship them to wherever they want to put first. It's not hard to me. And I think hunters are finally grasping this because they didn't realize, Chad, that if they didn't participate, that this is all going to go away, that, you know, I, I do my own podcast called Right on the Mark, Chad, and you were on it. Thank you. I had a guest and he's deceased now. He was an old guy. He's kind of one of the modern founders of the, uh, the North American conservation model. His name was Val Geist. And Val Guy said to me, Keith, do you know the only thing that is standing between America and their Second Amendment right? And I said, the NRA. And he goes, not even close. He goes, it's 16 million American hunters because that is the largest armed army on the planet compared to any other country. He said, so what they're trying to do is incrementally, incrementally disarm hunters. Oh, this is a high capacity. Oh, this is this. We're going to take this away. We're going to take this away. And they can disarm the hunter and even more sinister, Chad, if they can unleash wolves and predators and poor game management all across the country, you take your son out. I take my grandchildren out and there's no game to hunt. They're going back to the mall. They're going back to their skateboards. They're going back to Call of Duty and we'll never get them back in the woods. And they beat us, not in a fair fight, but they beat us with poor game management. And so hunters, wake 
the hell up because we are one election cycle away from losing this traditional American lifestyle. And in fact, just look at a bigger picture. We're one election cycle away from losing all of our traditional American values. And all we have to do is vote. We are the largest conservative, traditional thinking block of potential votes in America. If we would vote in block, Chad, we control the the narrative in the story. If you think about it, you got to give it up to these guys. You got to in a way, right? We're, we're, we're trying to tell our block of 16 million armed Americans, the largest military army in the world of, you know, armed citizens to vote. But on the other hand, Keith Mark is telling me how they're protecting wolves to eat all the elk and all the deer and all the antelope. Don't kill a cougar, but let him crush all the populations of all the native wildlife in that area. Protect the wild horse that's not native to these parts so they crush all the springs in Nevada and Idaho to where the antelope and the bobcats and all of the animals that flourish there can't get water. Then let's mess with the gun rights. Let's start slowly chipping away at California and ammo and background checks and making it hard to hunt. I, I, I can't tell you how many, Colin, I'm sure you have too. My friends from our great state of California, our neighboring state here, because I'm in Nevada, are asking me, where do I get ammo? How sad is that? The dove season's opening Terrible. up in two weeks and they can't take their sons and daughters out to shoot a morning dove to put on the grill with some orange marmalade and have a cold beer on a Sunday afternoon. This is crazy. And then all of a sudden they found a way to get Donald Trump out of office, which was not fair. So you got to give it up to him keith they're freaking doing and then you take that a step further and all of america out where i live is on fire because we don't implement cleaning up our forest floor because that's going to be a way to protect the environment and conservation but if we could burn the forest floor for 500 this new fire dixie fire in california is eight hundred thousand acres biggest in history of the state of california you know how many deer have died you know over 1700 structures people are dead people are missing we could have cleaned up the forest floor for the last three decades but now listening to you talk they're on to something here. If we can just keep chipping away and chipping away, it's like that thousand cuts on your arm. All those band-aids mm -hmm. can't fix it. They can just cover it up. So we got to go in there and vote because they're getting away with murder, Keith Mark. They, we got to stop this because you're literally sitting here telling me a well-derived plan that they are executing. Yeah, the answer is simple. It's so simple, as Ted says, even a guitar player can figure it out. But but here's the problem, Chad. There's two things that are going to be the death of this lifestyle. It's apathy and infighting. Apathy, oh, my vote doesn't count, or I'm in the middle of the rut, and I'm hunting a buck, or I'm on a deer marsh, or, whatever, or a duck marsh, or whatever it is. And they just, it's, they take no, no, no concern. Apathy, it's, it's the curse that will get us. And the other thing is infighting. They, and I say this, the anti-hunters have infiltrated our own industry, if you will, and they're trying to separate us one from another. Muzzle loaders from gun hunters, traditional hunters from crossbow, crossbow from, from compounds, all the above. If they can divide us, they can conquer us. Again, it, they're not going to beat us in a fair fight. Kansas proved it, 85% of a populist in Kansas said, hunting is a constitutional right. They know they're not gonna beat us in a fair fight. 
They've got to do it a different way. You know, Chad, I'll tell you a story. I think you helped us in this fight in Montana, the great state of Montana. I've hunted there many times. I have many friends in the state of Montana. It's the big sky country. It's the big heart country. It's the big deer country. These are great people up there. Ranchers, hunters, individualists. Okay. So there was a bill in the Montana legislature that would allow disabled hunters, including disabled veterans, to use a crossbow during the early archery season. That sounds like a great idea because these guys are given so much for our country, sacrificing so much that they come back disabled, but they still want to go out during the early archery season, which we all know is some of the best hunting available. They want to be able to use a crossbow so they can get close to animals. And uh, that's perfect. Who would that should be a, a, a unanimous vote with a voice vote on the floor? Yes, let's do this, not only for the disabled veterans, but all of our poor disabled Montanans. The bill was dead in committee because they couldn't get it out. And how come? Who was on the other side of the equation? Back country hunters and anglers. Back country hunters and anglers, Chad. They're not a hunting organization. They're George Soros funded, uh, a former staff member of Obama that ran Hunters for Obama is in charge there. They're, they're, they're a green decoy. People think because you got hunting in your name, you're one of us. Oh, no, they're not one of us. Follow the money. Start with that. Number two, look where they where they stand on politicians and policy. They're not us. And guess who was also on the other side of us? The Montana Bow Hunters Association. Shame on the Montana Bow Hunters Association. But because Ted Nugent got involved and some of our other celebrities got involved to put, we got it out of committee and it lost by two votes. The great state of Montana, by two votes, they say, Okay, disabled American veteran, you cannot hunt with a crossbow during archery season. They've divided us, Chad. They've divided us. They pitted the bow hunters against disabled uh, uh, hunters. It's crazy what's going on. I could give you many other examples, but apathy and infighting will kill us. So what is Hunter Nation's plan? Well, Hunter Nation's plan is to unify all hunters. If it's legal, if it's ethical, you're on our team. Let's fight together. And by the way, you mentioned dove hunting. Do you Can you believe that in the state of Michigan, if you go into a sporting goods store to buy a box of shotgun shells for dove season, you see right on there, it has a dove on the box, right? It's, it's a game bird. Not in Michigan, Chad. It's a songbird. You can't hunt doves in Michigan. There are still 11 states in America you can't hunt on Sunday. Imagine the guy that's working for wages. He's in the factory. He gets two days a week to hunt during deer season. His kids are in school and then they mandate overtime on Saturday and they don't let him hunt on Sunday in 11 states. So they've effectively taken that man hunting season away from him completely. What man has the authority to tell another man on what day he can hunt and how he can hunt as long as it's legal and ethical? We say that they shouldn't. The state of Wisconsin, they were supposed to have a hunting season for wolves last year, but their legislature just said, we're not going to do it. The science says we need it, but they just say we're not going to do it. So what Hunter Nation do? We sued them, Chad, 
and we beat them and we forced a, a wolf season. We killed 216 wolves in 72 hours. You're a hunter. You know, it's impossible to kill 216 wolves in 72 hours unless there's just a boatload of wolves running around Wisconsin. So we go back in again this year. We're trying to get the quota set. Their position was because you killed 16 more than the quota, which really wasn't true because they allow 10% either way. Um, no wolves this year. Well, we got a 300 wolf quota. That's Hunter Nation. Luke Hilgeman, our president and CEO, testified live. He got a 300 wolf quota. So what does the governor do? Fires the head of the Wildlife Commission there because he's too conservative. Oh, they want to follow the science, but not when it comes to hunting and game wild. Uh, so, you know, what Hunter Nation did as of yesterday, we sued the state again. And we're not going away, Chad, because I, I basically for Christmas, I gave Luke Hilgeman a wheelbarrow. And those of your listeners that understand that metaphor so he can push himself around to and from these state legislatures because Hunter Nation's not going to go away. We're going to do what they do. We're going to fight them in the state houses. We're going to fight them at the national level for policy that is for uh, the American hunter. And what we hope comes from this, Chad, is that our American hunters realize we're fighting so hard for them, but we can only do it. It's like, you know, the guy that had the idea to go to the Concord Bridge, if he showed up and looked behind him, Chad, and he was by himself. We wouldn't be free. We'd still be drinking tea and eating crumpets at noon. But he had enough people that came behind him that they, they they beat back the British that day. And eventually, I mean, not only did we beat them once, we beat them in a double header. Right. They came back in 1812 and said, ah, we think the first one was a fluke in 18, 1776. They came back in 1812. We beat their ass again. So we swept the double header from them and we've been free ever since. And so that's what we need. That same mentality. This is 1775 again. And we need to make sure hunters understand that this is bigger than just being able to go shoot a deer. It's bigger than just making sure we have enough elk on the mountain. This is all of our traditional American values that are at stake here. And honestly, if, if the hunting populace, 17 million now, if they will unite, if they will register and they'll go vote these values, listen, you know, like Nugent says, you Pearl Harbor us, we Nagasaki you. We have that power if we would just exercise it. I hope your listeners go to HunterNation.org, Chad. Don't believe me. The data is all there. What we're doing, it's all there. HunterNation.org. Become a member. Join me. Join Chad Belding. Join uh, Luke Hilgeman, Ted Nugent, Mark Geist at the bridge at Concord. And let's beat these bastards back again. I love Love all of this. I, I'm having a hard time, though, Keith, figuring out how things like not hunting on Sunday even come about. Where is the practicality in it? What is it because they don't want traffic that day? Is it because you're supposed to be in church that morning? Is it supposed to be that animals need one day off because they understand what day it is? Where? How does this even come about if it's not a total assault on our freedoms and rights as hunters and fishermen across the country, what else could it be? There's no practicality behind it. Is there any scientific research that we should be voting scientifically and not emotionally in this country? We have the scientific uh -huh. research and, and data to support predator management, controlling the deer population so they don't get disease and all of them die off, that your aunt yep. bunny doesn't run into one with her Cadillac on Sunday because they're out of control. What, what, yep. what is the scientific data that you can't hunt on Sunday? I don't get it. You already know there is none. 
If it's illogical, it's illogical. You know, if it doesn't add up, if two plus two doesn't equal four, then it isn't two plus two. And so why is it you can hunt doves in Wisconsin, but you can't hunt doves in Michigan? Huh? Why is it you can hunt a deer with a with with a compound bow, but you can't hunt a deer with a crossbow? When what we're trying to do is manage a population to a certain number with a certain number of tags that have been scientifically established. Hmm. So you're 100 percent correct. It's not for habitat or wildlife protection or conservation. It's more sinister. It's anti-hunting. And again, when Val guys told me that it's only the American hunter that's standing between America and the Second Amendment, and we know it's only the Second Amendment that is protecting America for all the other amendments, and God knows, you know, they've already stripped us of the First Amendment, because if our president, our former president, uh, can't speak on social media platforms, there is no First Amendment in this country. I literally was on my Twitter feed today, Keith Mark MRA, and I saw the Taliban is still on social media. But Donald Trump and Shemaine Nugent are banned from Twitter. Listen, if this doesn't wake up our fellow hunters, Chad, if this doesn't wake up rank and file traditional American, America first Americans, then Chad, just take a deep breath. And, and shed a tear um, because those poor guys that went to that bridge at Concord, those poor guys that fought with Andrew Jackson down in the Battle of New Orleans, those poor guys that hit the beach at Normandy, those poor guys that died trying to save people from the towers, those poor guys that died in Vietnam, my dad's friends that died in Korea, those people that are dying and have died in the Middle East these last 20 years was for nothing. For nothing. I'm not, I'm not going to allow it, Chad. And that is why, Hunter Nation, we are going to be the difference makers. We're going to rally and galvanize our fellow hunters, men and women, young and old. We're going to get them registered. We're going to get them to the polls. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a tsunami of good people in this epic battle of good versus evil. It's going to start in the next election in 2022. We're going to storm the polls in 2022, and we're going to win every race from the local dog catcher up to the Senate seats that are at risk. And then in 2024, stand back and watch what the American hunter does. If we can just get them, Chad, to go to hunternation.org. It's so simple. We tell you how you can get registered in your state when the next election is. I mean, this is the place, hunternation.org. Join us. That's all I ask. Speaking of practicality and they say that insanity is <clears throat> doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Do you think that this other side that you and I are referring to will start to question the credibility of its leadership? I guess I should say our leadership. When you see things like the laptop and the footage in Russia and the Afghanistan debacle and uh, where are they? Where is our vice president? Uh, where is the mayor of my city? Where are they down at the border? Are they trying to protect anybody in this country? Do you think that this leadership will potentially lose credibility with the people that voted for it? In 2020, Keith Mark, do you think that if hunters band together and we do register and we go in there and we're ready to cast our vote for what we truly believe in, 
Are we going to also see a slide, an edge from the other side? Because we got to be questioning what is going on. Nobody in their right mind can look at what's going on and go, oh yeah, that man should be leading us. The guy can barely walk up steps. And I mean this, I don't care what kind of individual he is. I don't know the man, but I've seen too many mistakes in speaking and, and the policies and the decisions that are being made. I, I don't even know how it's practical to look at this leadership and go, Oh yeah, this is what our country needs. Are we going to see a slide from the other side, Keith Mark? Has to be. First of all, I don't believe 80 million Americans voted for those policies. I don't believe it. Well, let's put that in perspective real quick because I want to ask you this because you're a very educated man, Keith Mark. If that many people voted for him and that many people voted for for Donald Trump, they say, is it even possible that that many Americans voted that registered to vote? No. And my, my I, proof is in the pudding for me. So how is it that Michigan held a conservative state house, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, all the same, Virginia, same, but yet the top of the ticket went a different direction? Makes no sense to me. But to answer your question, Chad, is I do believe that those that did cast votes for this particular policy, I think they've seen through this sham. Um, and, and, and make no bones about it. One of the largest problems that we have is the information highway right now. Rank and file Americans are getting their news from liars, from thieves, from evil, in my opinion. They're not telling the truth. They're not telling the truth of what's going on in Afghanistan. They're not telling the truth of what's going on in our southern border. They're not telling the truth. Fill in the blank, Chad. That's the that's the problem. They are a PR wing of evil, in my opinion. So we have to do a better job ourselves. You have a large following. The Chad Beldings of the world need to do what you do. Think about how we beat the British. There was no internet. There was, they had their newspapers and they had their taverns and they had their churches. Everything was word of mouth. How did Paul Revere let the people know the British were coming? Did he get on his phone and and, and text it? He got on his horse and he went and told one town and a guy got in his horse and went and told another town. Hey, let's just get this back right back to the basics. It's hunting camps. It's bowling alleys. It's churches. It's bars. It's gun stores. It's your local archery shop. It's wherever you find yourself as an American hunter that believes in traditional American values. Speak up this nonsense that we're not to speak about religion or politics. That was also put into place by the people that know if we speak about religion and tell people, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe that God is the creator and Jesus Christ redeemed us all. Oh, wait a minute. You can't say it. No, I say it. I say it everywhere I go because I believe it. I tell people everywhere I go, I'm a hunter. Oh, wait a minute. You can't do that. You're a savage. You're a killer. You're a murderer. No, I'm a hunter. I feed my family. And you know what? politics, the dreaded politics. No, I talk about every race known to man from my local dog catcher race all the way up to the top. And I make sure everybody that is in my sphere of influence, they know where I stand. And I try to let them know where all of the candidates stand on the issues that most impact me as an American hunter, as a Christian, as a family man, as a father, as a grandfather. And I think if people do their research, Chad, They'll come to the same conclusions. I do not need to tell someone to go vote for and vote against. You've already made enough 
comments today on policy that's going around that, you, you know, everybody you've ever shared a duck blind with is smart enough to know if they could go back and vote or if this election was tomorrow, who they would vote for. It's simple. We just need to get them engaged, Chad. That's the issue. It's not how they're going to vote. They're going to know instinctively how to vote just exactly when somebody says, how much do you lead a duck flying with the wind behind him? I don't know. I just do it. It's instinct, you know, and it's practice. It's repetition. Same thing. Once you learn how to go pull those levers instinctively because you're a Christian, because you're a hunter, because you're a father, because you're a mother, because you're a grandmother or grandfather, because you believe America first. You'll press all the right levers. We, Chad Belding, Keith Mark, Ted Nugent, it's our responsibility to get our fellow hunters to the polls. Where is this town you speak of, Keith Mark? I want to go back to that town where I can go to my local pub, my church, my sporting goods store, the local pond and reservoir with my sons and daughters to catch a trout. All of that's being slowly taken away too. We can go to Amazon. God's been taken out of school, so kids don't know to go to church to learn about God unless we really stay on it. Sporting goods store, why would I go there? They don't have any ammo because it's been taken away. Why would I go down there anymore? Tragic. The, a Tra lot of them have a lot of them have for sale signs on them or closed signs because what was COVID really intended for? I don't know. Is it a conspiracy theory? I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking at it like I'm the crazy one. But all of those values that I had when I was a kid, and I'm 45 years old, and I look back and I go, man, I used to go to the gold and silver with pops. And yes, I didn't like the cigarette smoke, but gosh damn, I'll take the cigarette smoke now to see all those old timers sitting there eating their blueberry pancakes and drinking their coffee. I'd love to go to this local sporting goods store and get some knowledge about the local area. But now it's not local anymore. It's been taken away from us. Every All of this is just inch by inch incrementally being taken away right before our eyes. And if, if you peel back the layers of this onion, you could go, if we don't stop it now, by going to HunterNation.org, supporting all of these conservation efforts, whether it's California Waterfowl or Safari Club, Safari Club, Safari Club International, National Rifle Association. I know that you're a member of these, Keith. I know that you care about hunters' rights, but we have to understand that we have to stand up and go and activate. We have to, like you're talking about 1812 and that bridge, we have to activate right now because I'm looking at my town going, where did it go? Where did it go? It's slowly being taken away from us day by day, whether it's policy, whether it's um, more commercial lots being bought up and built on, more home subdivisions being built on because landowners are, are the cost of living is they're getting all this money flashed in front of their eye. We're losing our hunting grounds. We're losing our sporting goods stores. We're losing our local pubs. We're losing our ability to communicate because of these things right here. Can you even have a conversation with somebody that's 25 years or younger? I don't know anymore. I don't know. So are we not going to look at it like, guys, girls, we've got to get back to our roots. Let's go back. Does that make sense at all, Keith? Sure, it does. You know, and I, I spend ample time outdoors, as do, do my children, my grandchildren. Um, but we have to beat them at their own game too, Chad. You raise the phone. I, I know you have a large social media platform. We have to use those as well. Uh, as much as you and I would love to go back to the way it was in the 1950s, you know, it's not going to, it's not, we're not going back there. Uh, 
So we need to play within modern warfare, if you will, and that's use all of our social media platforms, of course, in person and wherever we are, use every tool in our toolbox to fix this. But again, it's so simple, right? It's just a matter of will. What are the two things? Infighting and apathy. Apathy by not going to the polls is the killer because that's when the tsunami of bad things happen to us as good Americans. And so, uh, you know, everything you say is just so smart. And that's why I love listening to you. I love talking to you personally when we're not even being recorded. I mean, it's just a matter of we want good to beat evil. And, and who doesn't? Well, if you want good to beat evil, participate in the fight. Imagine if George Washington and half of his men, when they were going over on that, uh, you know, to, to across the Trenton into Trenton, they said, oh, I got a little bit of a headache today. I think I'm going to set it out. You know, imagine when the boats were coming into Normandy on D-Day and half the guys just said, no, nah, I ain't really feeling that good. I, I'm not going to do it. We're Americans, for God's sake. We're the greatest. We're the best. We get up thinking excellence. We need to live it, Chad. We just need to reaffirm that to our kids and our grandkids because that's being drilled out of them. That, oh, America, there's nothing special about America. Well, if that's true, how come every time somebody's ass is in a sling, they call us? How is it that when uh, Hitler was marching across Europe, you know, did Britain beat him back? Nope. Australia? Nope. France? Nope. Only when the United States of America got in and put a boot in their ass. And that's the way it's been since 1776, Chad. And to teach otherwise, it's a lie. And I am a student of history. And I have studied the presidents. And what you made your comment earlier, you were spot on. If you are gauging presidents and leaders on who took care of America first, was America safer, stronger, wealthier? Well, do the math. I don't need to answer the question for you. We already know. And they say, oh, he's a racist. I've seen pictures of President Trump back in the day. He dated girls of, of virtually every ethnicity. Must not have been a racist then. I saw he got an award from Jesse Jackson and Al Not-So-Sharpton for being not racist. But now he's the president and he's racist. Again, the, the media will spin it any way we want. We as hunters know if somebody tells you the best duck hunting in this town is in that Walmart parking lot, you're calling bullshit because you know better. You're going to go hunt the marsh. You're going to go hunt the pond. You're going to go hunt the field. You know what's best. Hunters know what's best. But damn it, Chad, they're just so doggone apathetic. They need a little thump in the backside to get them out. And, you know, and, and again, I'm I've dedicated the rest of my life, Chad the rest of my life to making sure that we don't lose this country, that we don't lose this perfect hunting lifestyle and really all of our traditional American values. And that's why I'm going to spend every waking hour trying to inform hunters about hunternation.org. Because if they go there, if they join and we turn this into an army of not just 1.2 million hunters in our club, but 15, 16, 17 million Hunter strong. I mean, basically, you think Moses had a great time when the Red Sea parted? <laughs> the hunting community is going to part the sea like crazy because they have to. We are that strong of a voting block if we would just exercise it, Chad. You talk about the infighting. 
It's a big part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Who shot the biggest buck? Who's the best duck caller? You shouldn't use that kind of bow. I've been quoted as saying, I don't think turkey should be hunted with bows. My personal opinion. I think it's one bird that was put on earth to be hunted with a shotgun. But that doesn't mean that you don't do it. You can't do it. If it's ethical, if it's legal, go hunt a turkey with a bow. Do it ethically. Do it. Have compassion yeah. for that animal. Cut its head off with the bow and then eat it. Fry it up and feed your family. I get it. But then it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't get that many likes on that turkey picture. Oh my gosh, her Instagram's way bigger than mine. She looks way better with that holster on than this girl does. And this guy's got way more followers because of this. And I'm like, this is causing a lot of infighting. So if Keith Mark is standing at the podium, and let's say Uncle Ted's with you too, and you got this whole vast sea of all these internet dwellers, the people, we all live on it now. I'm in the audience. I'm on social media. It's branding. It's marketing. You go into a marketing meeting and they're like, well, how many followers do you have? What's your engagement? What's your impressions per week? Okay. So we got to educate ourselves on this. We can't be ignorant to the curb. Well, do you have TikTok? Do you have Twitter? Do you have Facebook? Do you have Bookface? Do you have Instagram? Do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have this? (coughs) How would Keith Mark educate myself, the listening audience in this whole vast sea that this room is full? Every ass is in every seat in this room. How can we positively and optimistically navigate through social media and use it for the greater benefit of this hunting culture? How do we come together on social media? Because it's a big part of it, Keith. And I ask myself every day, do I want to stay on it? Do I want to stay down this road of posting a picture and hoping that my sponsors see it and that it's a benefit to their organization? How can we do it as hunters and stop the infighting and stop the envy, stop the jealousy, stop the ego, stop it. Who cares? I'm never going to be the best mule deer hunter in the world, but I promise you I'm going to have some of the best times in the world when I'm in those binoculars or I'm around that campfire. I might never win the world championship duck calling in Stuttgart, Arkansas on Main Street, but I'm going to freaking get a glimmer in my eye and look at my daughter's smile when those mallards spin when I finally do hit the right note. And she's going to do it a few years later and smile again. How do we stop all of this? I'm the best. She's the best. It's a lot to do with that Instagram and those social media platforms. How can we use it in a positive way to help hunters, help fishermen, help conservationists, support HunterNation.org and support the people that are supporting us? You know what I'm going to do, Chad, is I'm going to record what you just said and I'm going to play it because it was spot on. I mean, we're all hunters, right? Just start at the root. We're all Americans. We all believe in these traditional values, the Ten Commandments, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, the Bible. I mean, so we start there. We all believe in that. We must understand. And this is the it's so simple. Do they not understand if you don't pick up the art of war uh, by, by Sun Tzu, that one of the axioms of war is to divide in order to conquer? And so they can't beat us in a fair fight. We must make sure that the traditional archers understand that their future depends on the support of long range shooters, rifle hunters, muzzleloader hunters, compound bow hunters, crossbow hunters, cougar hunters, bear hunters, deer hunters, coyote hunters. We're all intertwined at our core. The antis. And, and, and I used to speak a lot when I was doing television and I spoke at a safari club event one time and I read right from the PETA website that their goal was to to 
defeat hunting by getting bands in locales, start at the smallest level and work your way to the largest. There's no secret here. It's like if you paid attention to the debates, the people in power right now told us exactly how big a dipshits they really were. If we just listened, the anti-hunters, their plan is simple. Divide us, conquer us. They can't beat us in a fair fight and then spin in this anti-predator stuff. So we can't hunt predators and then there's no game. So they have a very comprehensive strategy. But again, we beat the strategy if we unite around the one flag hunters. We're hunters. We're American hunters. And if we can't get people to understand that, Chad, um, with all that's going around, if people really just want to race to the top cabin, top floor cabin in the Titanic, and they feel good about that, some of those people we can't control, Ted, and they're out there. Some of them are in industry um, manufacturers. If there was only five hunters in America, as long as they sold them four guns, it was a great year for that company. And there's some out there in our midst. It's, a, it's sad, but it's, it's true. Same thing with hunters. No matter how, how much we inform them, no matter how much we let them know how our lifestyle is under attack, there's still going to be these negative, divisive, I'm better than you dicks. It's just the way it's going to be. Um, but those aren't the people that we're going to reach. That's why we know full well we're not going to have 17 million hunters join Hunter Nation because there's just a number of fill in the blank in our in our industry. We're trying to reach the majority of them. If you look at the, at the state of Wisconsin, Chad, the, the, the presidential election in 2016 was divided, decided by less than 20,000 votes. And in the state of Wisconsin, let me give you this number. There's 1.1 million licensed hunters. Of that number, 325,000 of them didn't vote. 325,000 licensed hunters don't vote or not even registered to vote in a state where the presidential election was decided by 20 and 30,000. How many of them do we have to reach? Texas, they say, well, Texas is about to swing. There's 690,000 hunters in Texas that don't vote. So we don't need them all, Chad. We just need some of them. And if we can continually message, and yeah, I, I, it makes me when I look at my social media, I actually coined the phrase hashtag dipshit. Because when I see people saying some of the dumbest stuff, I just put hashtag dipshit, hashtag insta block, and I block them because I, I just can't take it, right? Um, but in the end, there's going to be those people, even in my state, 85% voted that uh, hunting is a constitutional right. There were still 15% hashtag dipshits, <laughs> you know? So we don't need them. These numbers are so staggering. Let me give you some numbers, Chad. This is going to blow you away. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, 1.1 million registered sportsmen, 616,000 of them don't vote. Michigan, 1 million, 422,000 of them don't vote. How about Utah? Utah, 144,000 registered sportsmen, 67,000 don't vote. If we can just marginally move these people, Chad, we control the playing field. Hunters then take the largest place at the table. And so when fill in the blank, the dog catcher, the mayor, the congressman, the senator, the president, they're contemplating laws that directly impact 
the hunting lifestyle, oh, they better pay attention. They better pay attention and be careful. Make sure you're passing laws and regulations that matter because if you don't, these people are going to pour in droves if they only would. If they only would. We have that type of potential, Chad. The numbers are there. Um, we just need to move them. I, you know, you said something earlier. What would you say? That's my prayer every morning, Chad, honest to goodness. I say, God, listen, the problem is real. The solution is simple. The data is right before our very eyes. Please, Lord, please give me the wisdom to say the right thing. Whatever that is that will reach the majority of these hunters, I ask that every single day. I pray that my message today reaches some people. I pray that my message tomorrow reaches more people. I pray for you, Chad. I pray for Ted. I pray for Craig Morgan. I pray for Mark Geist. I pray for Michael Waddell. All of us in this industry that have some platform, some larger than others, that, that God grants you the wisdom to say the right thing that will make these hunters realize that apathy and infighting must be a thing of the past, that we have to unify under one banner, and that's hunting. Hunter Nation is the only, only organization out there protecting the American hunter. You mentioned a lot of other organizations out there, and they do a great job, whether it, it comes to habitat, a one region, one animal. They, they do a great job, most of them. Not all. Some of them are green decoys. Um, but there's not one organization out there that's doing what Hunter Nation is doing, trying to unify and fight for the American hunter and then get them to the polls. If there was, well, I'd already be part of that organization, but there's not. And the idea is simple, Chad. And I just, you know, I pray that we are able to say the right things and make these men and women understand that if we do not get active in the voting process, our lifestyle, our country, as we know it, will be gone. And when I say this, I mean it forever. It's hard to, it, you know, it's hard to get these rights, but it's very easy to lose them. And yet you're not going to get them back, but it can be done. And it's simple. We just need them to jump on the, on, on the rope and start pulling and we'll pull these evildoers right into the freaking muck. I really want to be a part of that. And I want our audience to become a part of it. We have to vote. What Ted said last episode, what Mr. Keith Mark just reinstated and the facts are there we have to do a better job keith we we can do a better job of voting of letting our voice be heard and if we are going to showcase this lifestyle and i, I will end it with this keith mark if we are going to showcase this lifestyle on our many hundreds of thousands of platforms out there whether you're an outfitting service a hunter a shooter um a, a veteran of the hunting community or a newbie, I feel in my heart, there's a right way to do it. Now I'm not saying it's the only way, but when it comes to showcasing this, do you feel that we need to come together with a way that is not structured and it's not just cookie cutter, but I don't think that we have room or time to show disrespect for the resource, non-compassion for the animal. I myself personally am tired of seeing quote unquote hunters that I know that you have termed the, you know, the term sometimes, you know, hashtag dipshit. I don't want to see a coyote suffer in a snare. I don't want to see 
10 snow geese get just thrown out of the back of a truck because they're dead and they eat all the tundra and they're ruining cropland. First and foremost, I want to respect that animal. And I want hunters to come together of saying, look, these are not to be disrespected. We don't kill coyotes because we hear the term F a coyote all the time because they ate my cow. Well, you know what? They're the most adaptable animal on earth. They deserve the utmost respect. Ted Nugent said it himself last episode. I love coyotes. I love coyotes. I love hunting coyotes, but I also love the spirit of the coyote. So yes. Keith Mark, how do we tell this inline fighting, this inline ego? We got to get it to saturate. We got to get it to go away. How do we do this? By saying, hey, you don't need to show the, 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 that part of the hunt all the time. Is there, am I onto something there, Keith? Because back when I was a kid, we just hang our deer head out the window of my dad's truck and drive down the highway. And it was a big four by 470 inch Nevada mule deer. And man, it was okay. But times have changed. Is it safe to say times have changed? And is there a right way to showcase this lifestyle, Keith Mark? Yeah, sure. Um, and And a lot of things that you see out there, it's definitely not in hunting's best interest. Um, you know, I, I love wolves. I love them. I love, in fact, the truth is, Chad, I think most hunters feel the same. We have the most respect and reverence for wildlife and wild places than any other person or people on the planet. I want wolves, but I want managed wolves. I want coyotes. I want managed coyotes. I want deer. I want eagles. I want grizzly bears. I want cougars but we have to manage them. That's our responsibility. And so if there's something that we're doing as a community that gets in the way of us being able to manage those, whether that's, um, you know, like what's going on down in Florida where somebody's shooting deer with field points, they're not hunters. Those are criminals. And we need to weed our own bad apples out. When we see people putting things on uh, Facebook and Twitter, that's illegal, call them out. You know, if it's anti-hunting, well, it is anti-hunting. And if you're throwing 10 snow geese out the back of your truck, then you're a poacher. Just that simple. If you're not following the game laws, then you're a poacher. You're a criminal. You're not a hunter. And so I think we have not done a really good job of patrolling our own community, and we can do a better job of that. But the other thing too, Chad, is don't be apologetic for being a hunter. Don't be apologetic because you shot a 180 inch mule deer. Show him. I think that's something. One of the things that I've always enjoyed with Nugent is during opening weekend of uh, deer season in Michigan, after Ted kills his buck, he'll drive around to other small towns in his area because they have a tradition in Michigan where they hang their deer from a buck pole. They bring it into the town square. And if you'll see big bucks, little bucks, does hanging in there. They call it a buck pole and people can show their friends and their neighbors that I had this success and I love it. And what happens is people stand around drinking coffee and they talk about how the buck came through the cornfield and I saw him and he was approaching. And then my daughter, you know, pulled the trigger and, I mean, I mean, the camaraderie around that. Don't be apologetic if you harvested your animal, legal, ethically. It's awesome because that bull, buck is going to get taken down off of that buck pole. It's going to get cut up into family-sized portions, and it's going to feed your family and fuel our spirit for days to come. So we need to patrol our own backyard and get the bad apples out. But by that same token, celebrate all that we do for conservation. Our dollars are what supports all levels of you know, conservation um, and recognize that hunters are true conservationists. We don't want coyotes to be extinct. We don't want 
um, wolves to be extinct. We want a healthy balance between predator and prey uh, and celebrate it. And we just need to make sure um, that those of us with the platform call out the, the bad apples, the guy that posts a picture of throwing geese out of the back of a truck, highlight it, find him, get him sighted, get him, get him out of our, our, our group. We don't, he's not part of the 85% that voted hunting as a constitutional right. They are what I said, you reaffirmed hashtag dipshits, but it, it can be done. And you know what, Chad, I, I I'm not a golfer. I have enjoyed it a few times. Um, but, uh, there's guys that uh, they, they'll they'll go shoot a 90 and their scores card says 84. Are they golfers? Yeah. Are they honest golfers? No. You know, there's people that back in the day before electronic bowling scores, you know, they were always bowling a few pins better than what they actually knocked down. It's in every walk of life. There's bad apples in every walk of life. We just need to do a better job highlighting and kicking out our bad apples. That's what I love about HunterNation.org and this family, this crew, this this effort, this needed effort is I'm not a I'm a sponge. Like I was educated so much today and with Uncle Ted the other day on the show, getting educated, becoming a sponge, listening more, maybe not talking as much. And when you have folks like Keith, Mark and Luke and Ted and Waddell, listening to Waddell talk, Waddell, I told Uncle Ted and I'll tell Keith is the reason I'm in this livelihood. I was a toilet pumper, Keith Mark. I owned a t- portable toilet company and stormwater pollution and erosion control and street sweeping and special events and construction and industrial, you know, like commercial and road work and all that. That's what I was. And then I saw Michael Waddell on TV and I'm like, I want to do that. And then when I cut a pilot for the foul life and I went to my very first shot show, well, my second shot show, it was the last time it was in Orlando. So like 2007 or yeah. eight. I asked Michael, I I saw him. I said, will you come watch my pilot? And you know what he said? Heck yeah. And he watched it. And he tells a story today that he remembers that day. He watched two of them that year, two or three that year. One was me and one was Red Arrow with Kip. And I look at Michael and and what his message is and how influential he's been. So my point is, is whether you find influence, inspiration, education, some type of positive, positive, optimistic message in what Keith said today or what I said today and what Ted Nugent continues to say and what HunterNation.org stands for, that is so key to me because I love being educated. I love knowing that there are people out there with the same ideology and the same thought process that I am trying to become better at every day. And when I found out from Ted that hunting isn't a privilege, it's not. This is our right. And then I talk to you and you reiterate that and you reinforce it. I think that that is one reason why you should go to HunterNation.org right now and become involved. Nothing more than just to get educated a little bit. It can't hurt. I'm so happy that we get to have these talks, that we have these platforms, that Keith can be in Kansas and I can be in Nevada and we can be on Zoom. And with a little bit of Wi-Fi and a good internet connection, we can have stories and fact laid down that support this unbelievable heritage and culture and lifestyle and community. So the infighting and what Keith is talking about that has to stop, it has to. We have to come together. And I think that, HunterNation.org is there for us to join. It's not, it's not going to break the bank. It's going to benefit you. It is an investment in your future, your kids' future, your grandchildren's future, your nieces, your nephews, new blood that needs to be pumped in 
to this lifeline of the American hunter, the worldwide hunter. Keith Mark, thank you for what you do. You are a true warrior. Hunter Nation is so needed, and I am so proud. I'm not going to say I'm humbled to be a part of it because I think humility should always be in the picture. I'm just so proud to be your friend, to have you on my texting messages, to know that I can call you, come onto the podcast, and lay down what you laid down today. Thank you very much for what you do, Keith. Buddy, thanks for having me. Continue what you're doing because you are a such a positive influence, such a positive information giver in the hunting world. You're a true champion and uh, an incredible hunter and a great guy. And I'm very proud, Chad, to call you my friend. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Keith Mark. HunterNation.org. Become a member. Let's fight the good fight. You can get all the details that you need. There's going to be events all over the country. Have a voice. Like Uncle Ted said, we got to go and knock on our mayor's doors, our governor's doors, our assemblyman doors, our senator's doors. If they don't know that we're out here, then they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. Have a voice. Listen to these podcasts. Come up with your own idea, your own analogies, but become a member of HunterNation.org and help us in this fight to keep these freedoms alive. Because if you don't get it into your brain from what Keith said today, I don't know what it's going to take. A crossbow for a wounded, disabled veteran in Montana to go out and maybe shoot a deer. He's probably not even going to be able to get on the mountainside. He's probably going to have to stay in a cornfield, but at least he's going to have a chance to keep his hunting passions alive and put food on that table for his family. And then the ex can go to friends and homeless shelters and food banks all over the country. That's what hunters do. I'm proud to be a member of Hunter Nation. Become involved today at HunterNation.org. Can't wait to have you part of the family. I'm Chad Belding, another episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Today's episode, again, was brought to you by our friends and family at Hunter Nation. Please get involved again. That website is HunterNation.org. Tom Jake, hit that button. This song is called My Foul Life by the great band 2AM Logic. Ah!